The Guru like to think that they have been around for a long time, that they have herded and hunted humanity since time immemorial. Yet to some other changers, they are but insolent children, abusing the gifts Gaia gave them to horrific consequences. Indeed, to the Rokea and Mokole, the Garu are like how the werewolves perceive humans. Short-lived, impatient, and immature yet armed with powers they lack the wisdom to use properly. Long since before the War of Rage that destroyed the balance of the changing breeds, long since before humanity took up tools to hunt and kill their prey, and long since before there were forests, mountains, and deserts, there was the sea. The sea, the primordial womb from which all life once sprung, vast, deep, and unknowable. The sea was here before we came, and it will be here once we are gone. Let the Garu struggle to do what the Pharah they destroyed were destined to. Let them wallow in their own failings. The sea will remain protected by the Rokea, as it has been and as it always will be. The were-sharks believe that before there was land, or unsea as they call it, there was the sea, the oversea, the sky, and the undersea, the ocean floor. Even so, all that was, was sea. Neither oversea nor undersea were. Sea decided she wanted children, and so she gave birth to three daughters, Kun, Chet, and Kyrl. Kun would embody creation and fertility, Chet, stasis and permanence, and Kyrl, destruction, ambition, and entropy. It is not known if these are the same triad as they willed the Weaver and the Wyrm, or merely powerful servants of them, but the Rokia claim that these are all entities that can be communicated with, and fought against in the case of Kyrl. Unsea would eventually be created from these three's fights, and while it initially was dry and lifeless, the three sisters each visited in turn, and soon life would flourish on the Unsea, much thanks to Kyrl who visited Unsea without her mother's permission, and when she was found out caused massive damage to Oversea, the sky, resulting in several small wounds as well as one large that to this day bleeds. That wound was the sun, and after its creation life flourished, feeding on its heat. Kyrl was the first to procreate, but Kun and Chet soon followed suit, Kun creating the swimming, finned things, Chet the crawling and shelled things, and Kyrl the slithering, tentacled things. Kun will become the mother of the sharks, of dinosaurs, and eventually of mammals. Because Kyrl would always be jealous of her sisters, and the great wound she had created hurt her the most of all, she would seek to undo it, and that in turn would end all of creation. Kuhn decided that the sharks, the apex predators of the sea, would be her primary guardians, and thus the Rokea were created. Since then the Rokea have kept to the sea, they do not mingle with the humans whom they despise for their weakness and frailties, and they rarely speak with other changing breeds. Yet this is not out of distrust or dislike, but rather because the were-sharks are survivors who do what they are supposed to do. There is a respect towards the other Pharah and their domain, which often extends to the Garu as well. A Rokia invading Garu territory will understand if the werewolves attack them. Likewise, they expect the Garu to understand why they do not belong in the sea. This expectation is rarely said out loud, which has been the cause of many avoidable deaths.
Because of their lack of interaction with humanity, with some minor exceptions, there are no Hamid-born Rokea, nor are there any born by a union between two were-sharks. It simply does not happen. The Samebito, East Asian Rokea who have joined the beast courts of the Hengiokai, are said to breed with humans, but there is little communication between them and the rest of the Rokea who consider them traitors. Rokea are born into three auspices, bright water, dim water, and dark water. A bright water is born under the full moon, when the great wound is shining through the balm put upon it. If they are born when the sun shines, they will also become a bright water. These are the sea's fiercest warriors, tenacious, ferocious, and bloodthirsty. These are also the Rokea most likely to become betweeners, were-sharks who spend time on land occasionally, maybe even breeding with humans. Dim waters are born at night between full and new moons, and during days when the sun is clouded. They are the stabilizers and law-keepers, enforcers of the sea's will upon the Rokea. They have little tolerance for betweeners and hunt them ferociously. Finally, dark waters are the innovators, the curious sharks who test boundaries and seek new solutions to old problems. They are very, very rare and are born only during new moons or during the total eclipses of the sun. Because of the vastness of the ocean, Rokea rarely meet, although they have ways to send between each other, electromagnetic impulses that can travel long distances. They also have two allies in the ocean, the Rorqual and the Remora. The Rorqual are dolphins and whales in service to the sea. They are vastly intelligent and will supply the Rokea with Gnosis, but also help guide and mentor them if no other Rokea are nearby. They are often wise beyond their years, and the killing of a Rorqual will rarely go unpunished by the Rokea. The Remoras are tiny fish who cling to sharks, and Rokea, eating their scraps of food. In exchange for these bigger fish's protection, the Remoras, who will never forget anything, will serve as messengers and guides to the were-sharks because of an ancient pact formed between them. When a Rokea reaches maturity, they wake up, achieving a greater state of intelligence. They send out a message by instinct, a call for anyone to help them, after which hopefully either another Rokea or a Rokual will help guide them. They will perform a journey called the Long Swim, where they explore the ocean, communicate with spirits, and finally reach a Rokea cairn, a grotto where they will communicate with the sea herself. That is where they learn their gifts, and after that a Rokea can only die from violence, disease, or poison. They can never die from old age. The betweeners are hated by most sea-dwelling Rokea, and thus it has become a tradition to hunt them down, even killing them, for disobeying the laws of the sea. Some younger Rokea even given this as a sort of trial of passing. Yet this has proven itself a tremendous detriment to their kind, as the 1900s has seen their kind greatly diminished because of the hunting of sharks, testing of atomic bombs, and the pollution of the oceans. In 1955, during a massive meeting of Rokea, the largest one that ever has and ever will be called, the US Army tested one of its most potent bombs right on top of this meeting, which killed roughly a third of all Rokea. Since then, they have been struggling to find their footing once more. Only one other changing breed rivals the Rokea in age, and that is the Mokole, the dragons. They are Gaia's memory, and they have since time immemorial worked to preserve and carry on events and history so that future generations can learn from and grow past them. Millions of years of history is preserved amongst the Mokole, dating back to times long before humanity's rise, 
to an era where dinosaurs ruled the world. Yet before the War of Rage, long before even the rise of mammals, the dinosaur kings ruled the world. According to the Mokole, there was a highly advanced society of sentient dinosaurs who devised tools and technologies that man today could only imagine. The Mokole of that time lived with these civilizations, serving as scholars, soldiers, priests and teachers. For 150 million years they would rule unchallenged, but the great dying, a horrifying event, wiped them out completely and it would take 60 million years before the ancestors of the Mokole would rise again, roused from their sleep when humanity began to evolve. But because of the War of Rage, the genocide committed by the Garu against all the other pharaoh, the shapeshifters, many Mokole perished without passing on these memories, and thus there are now long stretches of our planet's history that are remembered by no one. If the decay continues, the Mokole argue, Gaia will completely lose her mind, unable to remember from where she came, and at that point, all will be lost. The Mokole revere both the sun and moon, and these two in unison decide under which auspice they are born. The Mokole lack tribes, instead dividing themselves into four large so-called streams, regional alliances, as well as clutches, which are essentially families of local Mokole and their kinfolk. They are united in purpose, but keep to their parts of the world, only the odd wanderer traveling between the clutches to unify the memories they have preserved with others as they have done for millions of years. The Mokole clutches will often reside in a location at least nominally distant from human society. It could be a village, a jungle mud hole, an apartment building or even an alligator refuge. It mainly depends on the needs and preferences of the clutch and their attitude towards humans, but generally the damage caused by humanity against their habitat and kin has most of the Mokole shying away from the dangerous mammals. Clutches of Mokole will occasionally be rivals to each other, but the fierce fighting one may find amongst the Garu is almost unheard of. After all, there are so few of the Wersaurians left, so most of these disputes are settled through contests of skill and wit, although duels are not unheard of. There are no set amounts of auspices amongst the Mokole, it varies depending on which of the four streams the Wersaurians belong to, but all of them revolve around their sun sign, the position of the sun, Helios, and sometimes its alignment with the moon, Luna. It is instead easier to categorize the Mokole by their stream. These are called the Gumagan, the stream of the forerunners, who hail from what is today called Australia and Oceania. They are all adept at exploring the Umbra and deep Nessus, the collective memory all Mokole share in and have a strong spiritual affinity. The Makara, the stream of the folk, are a deeply varied group of Mokole from the Indian subcontinent from a multitude of cultures and reptilian lines. The Makara are skilled politicians and merchants, adept at negotiation and brooking peace between rivals and enemies. The Mokole Mbembe, the stream of the fighters, are the most prevalent stream amongst the four. They are found in both Africa and the Americas, descending from the Native American people as well as from the African continent, in particular the Sub-Saharan region. They are the greatest warriors of the Mokole, but they also suffered greatly during the War of Rage, standing up against the misguided Garu. Finally, the Zhonglung, the stream of the philosophers, are the scholars of the Mokole. They are patient and wise, offering sage advice to the beast course of East Asia, the Hengiokai, that they have been a part of since its founding. The Zhonglung came off relatively mildly from the War of Rage, as its influence did not spread far through the Asian continent. The Mokole are unable to produce offsprings with each other. 
if they do mate, their children are stillborn, their souls coming to reside in the middle umbra, called the spirit wilds, where they haunt their parents, angry and sorrowful over their inability to experience life. Unlike the Garu, there are only three forms the Mokolei can take, Hamid, Archid and Suchid. The Suchid form is the same as their Varna, meaning which species of reptile they are able to reproduce with and spawn from. The Archid form is their war form. Unlike the other Fera, there are no identical Archids. Each Mokolei, upon their first change, enters a deep slumber where they dream of their ancestors and past lives. Their bodies are then constructed out of these dreams, becoming terrifying dinosaur-like creatures with features from many of their ancestors blended together. The Archid form is unique for each Mokolei, and the reason that their third breed dies before being born is because they are unable to dream or sleep and thus have no body to inhabit. The Mokolei do not get along with the Guru who destroyed many of their numbers in the War of Rage, and also preemptively would smash their eggs, considering them worm spawns from their reptilian appearance. They do, however, find comradeship with the Bastet and Gural, and they consider the Naga, the serpents, their clutchmates, even though they are of a different purpose. They respect the Rokea, as they, the Mokolei and the Ananasi, were the only Fera to survive the Wonderwork, or the Great Dying, the Meteor crashing into the Earth and bringing an end to the Dinosaur Kings. They deeply mistrust the Ananasi, however, as the Were Spiders are unreliable and prone to act not in the interest of Gaia, but of themselves and their queen, Ananasa. The Mokolei are rare, some putting their numbers at a little more than a thousand individuals across all streams. Yet they are not as poorly off as the Gural or the Ajaba. While they are few, they are each of them aware of their purpose and they do not sway in their tasks. For if they do, the results would be catastrophic. This video was brought to you thanks to my patron Adam Daw, who requested a double whammer of a Rokea and Mokolei video. I hope I managed to squeeze it all in tightly enough and that you enjoyed this video. Thank you very much for your support, and for all of you watching, when will you rage?